Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today, Paulie and I sit down for a chat about gyms and programming. Inspired by Paul's recent decision to get himself a coach, we talk about writing your own training program versus having someone else do it for you. Also inspired by my recent visits to a big commercial gym, I go on a pretty epic rant about the culture and the strange behaviors that you see inside such establishments. Now, if you dig our show, please show us some love. Here's two things that you could do for us right now. The first is to simply leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you listen to our show through. The second thing you could do is to simply share your favorite episode on your Instagram stories. Both of these small gestures go a really long way to helping support us to continue to bring you these high-quality strength and movement-focused discussions. We love you. Thank you in advance. Let's get into it. One of these days, once our podcast is sponsored and we're making bajillions from this show, I'm going to get you and whoever, JT or the guest that sits at that seat, mm. a brand new microphone arm. Mm, that'll be nice. That'd be cool, eh? I want a gold one. Or like a, mm. I saw um, Anderson Park, he had that Vans concert in the UK recently. He's got a shoe. He's yeah. got a Vans model? Yeah, yeah. And, and I just saw it on, on YouTube, with, watching it with the kids on the weekend. And yeah, you know, he's a drummer, so he has like a really long arm that comes out to his mouth so he can sing and stuff and play the drums. And it was just like studded. Mm. You know, they wrapped it in. It, the whole thing was art directed. But was, I was like, yeah, we should get that for the podcast arm. <laughs> just wrap it in studded something, just blinging. Like diamonds or something? It's costume stuff. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah right. but Sequins. I'll take them. Yep. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a, uh, it'd be nice to get it to a point where you can have like a dedicated. Studio versus corner of the gym while, you know. People are heading up their lunch over there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been training recently. Um, I hope so. A, I have. I've been tr- my training's actually been pretty good lately. I've noticed. You noticed? I've noticed. It's gotten cold. I dropped off at seven, but you've just been going hard. Yep. Yep. I've been doing it. Um, well, I've sort of been leaning into the, the barbell strength work a bit uh, during the winter, just simplifying a little bit. Cool. Which is just something I haven't really done for a long time. Um, I do enjoy the simplicity of it. You know, it's like mm. you just got to lift heavy for whatever, five or six sets kind of thing. And it's like, it's an easy movement and you just <clears> apply <throat> more weight. Um, I started playing around just this week. We're on a new cycle myself, Raylene and Pillen. Mm. Bulletproof gang mm. um, Where I've programmed some wave loading Which was inspired by I think I saw it on the program here in Lyft mm-hmm. uh, It fucking toasted me <laughs> I, d- I tested it on Monday mm. I was like alright let's, let's do some wave loading Did a bit of research Yep looks good uh, Let's go with rep scheme of 642 mm. uh, So 6 reps Little rep, little rest, four reps, little rest, two reps, bigger rest, and complete that for three waves. And it's like 75%, 85%, 95% or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just went, start at this weight, go up by five kilos, mm. and then on the next wave, bump it all up by five kilos. Mm. So you, whatever you start at, your heaviest lift will be 20 kilos more than that. Mm. Um, 
I think it was the volume that I'm because it's nine sets. Arguably, the first couple of sets are not that heavy, but they're still working sets. So it's nine working sets versus typically in the last phase we've been doing five. Because you know you got six four two, six four two, six yes, four two. Yes, 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 Each yes, of those yes. is a pretty hefty set, particularly the last six. <clears throat> um, Decent. If you're living like a fucking strong guy, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of tonnage in one session. Yeah, got me. Actually, I have at the moment, and yesterday was was full on. I've got that trap soreness. Oh, my entire traps, more so in the middle and the lower trap. From which movement? Deadlifting. Really? That's when I know that I've dead that I've pushed it on deadlifts. Pushed it in a good way when my traps are sore. Upper traps. Mid? Mid. Like a little yeah, bit yeah. upper, but not like cleans. No, no, no. Cleans gets you upper like nothing else, yeah. But like in mid. Yep. So if I if I pull if I retract scale, I'm like, oh, and then lower. Interesting, because you just don't think of the trap nah, as nah. something that's working that hard in a deadlift, do you? Nah, that's awesome. That's a nice blend of strength and conditioning. You know, just those the, lifting the heavier weights but having more volume over in the whole session. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. It's good for winter because, <clears> you, <throat> you know, cold morning. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck. You don't I, – I don't, I don't love complex, like a lot of the movement-y body weight stuff. Yeah. Can be – the basics are great but like ring work and stuff, I don't get excited for that in the wintertime. I I could I can relate. Um, tell so that's three. How many days a week are you doing that? I'm doing uh, two days with the guys. Yep. And then I do it, and so we do a front squat day and then a, a deadlift day. Yep. Um, and then you know, and then a bunch of accessory work and stuff. And then the third day, I'm doing sandbags. Sandbags. Yeah. Conditioning. Yeah. Well, just strength as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah. That's it's pretty good. nice. Yeah, I'm fucking redefining the dad bod. Amazing. Are you competing? Yeah. Local pub. In terms Smash of... Smash all those fucks. Now I'm talking about jits. Is that in your mind? Competition? Yeah. I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. I mean, you know, I podcast about jiu-jitsu every week. Yeah. I talk to... You know, I train every week. I, can, I, 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 I talk to people about... You know, so I'm always thinking about it. And... Um, Short answer is no, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah. But I never rule it out. Especially when you're on a good wave of training. You, you start to get that. And that's why I ask. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm clutching this 80 kilo sandbag. Yeah, but my Light. JITS training is not that great at the moment. Okay. You know, there's a few glaring gaps in my game that I'm, I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, as long as those gaps exist, I'm like, I've I got no right stepping into a comp. Okay, sure. You know, even though I'm a fan of stepping into comp only part prepared because I never like, I never get that prepared for comps because I don't take them that seriously. I don't go to comps with the expectation necessarily that I'm going to win. Sometimes I just go for the experience. Uh, and there's people that argue you shouldn't do it, but I'm like, fuck that. Like, That's a great way to help close that glaring hole maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just it's just another application of your training. Yep. And make it of what make it of it make of it what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, um, what does JT reckon? Is he like <laughs> you should compete? He's real funny about it. Yeah, he's actually very funny. He's not he's not competed at black belt. Oh, well, pussy mate. mate. Um, <laughs> no, I nor have I. Right, but it comes up a lot. Like JT is an elite grappler. 
And he told me recently, like, he had a bunch of people ask him because the ADCC trials were on here in Sydney. So, like, ADCC, it's like the Olympics of grappling. Comes around every two years. Uh, it's being fought in, uh, where is it, in LA, I think, in September this year. So and he's, had, he's going there now, yeah? Yeah, well, he's going to be visiting. That's right. Um, as, you know, as a hopefully to do a bit of media and whatever, be there to support and watch, watch the, the event. But um, you know, like JT can he could he can he trains with a lot of the guys that are competing and trialing for that. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Kel who trains in here with JT. Mm-hmm. He represented Australia at the last ADCC. Righto. Um, arguably won his match against Murillo Santana, but was robbed on a on a ref's decision. Um, ben Hodgkinson, who lost to Gordon Ryan in the first round last ADCC, he's a close training partner of, of JT's in Melbourne. And when JT was in Melbs last week, he's like, yeah, I went and trained at Absolute Comp Class, trained with Hodge. It was fucking savage, brutal, you know, like, but whatever, got through it. And he was saying, like, a bunch of people ask him, like, oh, you doing the trials? <laughs> and he's like, he gets really irate about, like, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, man, you got to be prepped for that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, but they're asking you because they think you're good enough. Yeah. Um, he has this view that, like, you you don't compete at black belt unless you are taking it professionally. Yeah, you want all the candy on that day. Yeah, and he and he's very he's very different. His mindset in competition is, yeah. I'm here to win. No, I know. I've, I've, you know, I've had small conversations with him about it, and you don't have to go deep into that conversation to realize, you know, that he's there to to kill. Yeah. Yeah, it's everything or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, for me, I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to say I did it. Some but acai and... Yeah, Mars bar on the way out. <laughs> treat. But the... Yeah, the funny thing there is, um, you know, the, the black belt division, you go to a local comp and you watch the black belt division and very often there's like one match. It's two competitors yeah. and it's like, ah... Oh, Oh, it's those two guys who always do the black belt division. Oh, that's that guy who competed all the time at brown belt, just got his black, now he's competing because he competes all the time. So is it that black belts don't want to compete? Like that's a thing yeah. there. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a thing where I think the pressure maybe goes up exponentially because you are a black belt. And, and you've got probably students, yeah, in a yep, school. Yeah, and I think that pressure is self-imposed because totally. I don't think anyone gives a fuck, Yeah, yeah. right? People are just happy to see black belts out there giving it a go. Um, and I think that it's also because I've been pondering this a lot I think that for the majority at least in our generation of like where our generation of jiu-jitsu people who picked it up maybe in their Mm mid-twenties generally you get to black belt mid to late thirties if you've been consistent Mm -hmm. which means but by the time you're mid to late thirties family, business other competing Good observation. Uh, commitments in life. Mm. So competition is often way down the priority list. Versus if you were a black belt at 25, which is what we're seeing in the newer generation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're seeing now like 20, you know, young 20-year-olds are fucking in exceptional. So you see 18-year-old black belts, you know, Michael Galvao and stuff, current like guys who are winning the worlds and stuff. But um, they're at their prime, right? Yeah. No commitments, nothing else going on, top of the game. So I think that that will change in time. Um, but I think right now, in our time, 
it's uh yeah a lot of black belts are like a little bit past their years of where they want to compete and do that thing yeah that's cool to think about so that might change in the future at least in australia while jiu-jitsu's fuck it's been growing for so long but there's still room to grow isn't there yeah, I mean, you think about, like, it's been growing, but we're only now starting to see, um, like, young adults who started as children. We're only now seeing 20-year-olds who started grappling when they were seven. Mm, yeah. And that, at least how I can perceive of it, that's about as that's as early as it can get. It's like, well, if you started as a child, kept, go- kept going through, you know, through years of childhood, teenage years, got to black belt as soon as possible, that's the, that is the, the youngest black belt we can see. How old was that, you say? Uh, oh, like started competing when they were seven, uh, started training when they were seven. Yep. I mean, you know, like there's a lot of um, uh, the Ruotolo brothers who are those, those twins who train at Atos in San Diego. They're, they're Ruka. Like Ruka sponsored, one's got a big kind of big fuzzy kind of sideshow Bob Afro. The other one's got a shaved head. Okay, they're like two like long lanky kids, classic like San Diego kids, but absolute killers. Um, I think they're maybe twenty now, and they're you know they're black belt world champions. Then you got Michael Galvão from Brazil. He's like eighteen, world champion. All of them started training when they were probably you know as early as they could walk. They were on the mats. Amazing. So that's kind of not peak jiu-jitsu, but it's peak development for them. Jump in there with them, mate. Mate, show me a few things. I mean, that's the other. That's the other funny side. You see them competing against my, guys my age, and there are guys my age mixing it up on that. And you're like, damn, they're still doing the thing. They're doing it well, you know. Yeah, fuck that. I watch. <laughs> I watch. I watch like their videos, and it's the speed. You're like, I can't even. These world class can, but you're like, they're so fast. Mm. I'm like, I can do some of that, shit, but I can't. Not at that. And, and certainly nowhere near that speed. Mm-mm. They're, they're, they're Can't thinking. do any of that shit And it's not just the speed of movement But it's the speed of transition and reaction Like you know you, Someone moves a chess piece And you, you move a chess piece to counter straight Like it's the speed of that thought process, process. Yeah. yeah Yeah fuck I, I see some of it I've kind of gone I used to watch heaps of jiu-jitsu And just you know I'm not training it at the moment So I don't watch so much anymore But when I do catch some of it I'm like holy shit Yeah it's so advanced now Do you think about competing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not training at the moment. I, th- I think more about going back to training than I do about competing. But I would. I would. I mean, I don't have as much pressure because I don't have a black belt. So, you know, I would. Yeah, but i got to reiterate, I think that's all self I think it's all sure, sure, sure. illusion. Yeah. I think there's just as much pressure at any belt level. Yeah, look, I... Look, it's too far for me to, to, to say, but I, in my mind sitting here now, like, I totally would... Because I remember the few times that I did how fucking good an experience it was, just because it was just a serious challenge mentally and physically. Um, but yeah, I totally would. But until I start fucking training again, it's all fucking hot talk right here. Yeah, I feel you. Well, I saw Dills wearing his gear today. He said it was his third session this week. I'll compete against him. <laughs> yeah. Let's organize a fight night. <laughs> yeah. no, let's not do that. <laughs> Uh, I think he said and that. That was it. fun. You guys should run another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are asking about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, it could be time. It was almost two years ago. And, you know, next year could be a good thing. Um, but, yeah. No, I'm not competing against Dylan. <laughs> it's not a good 
healthy working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said to JT that we should. Uh, Jess mm, floated the idea for the um, JB Games. Mm. She said, "Hey, me and the guys were talking, and we've never seen you and JT like scrap." Yeah, she's like, "You guys should do a super fight," and I was like, "I'm down. I'll do it." Yep. And I think JT was like, we had something else booked that day. We actually had a meeting booked, not realizing that it would clash with the games. Oh, can't move a meeting. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, to uh, to there, there was uh, his trip coming up, which made it gave yes, us less sure. weekends. But I felt like he was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, he, he came across me and my desk as well, and I, I I put it, I closed it down as well. We don't have enough time. I was like, it's actually about the members that the games. Mm. And, um, you know, I got asked to to fill the card up um, and I was like, I, I can't – like, it's not actually for us that day. It's for them. And, um, fuck, it just blows the whole day out anyway. And, well, as it turns out, I, I ended up competing. But, yeah, I, I well, that was just – I didn't shut it down, but I was like, oh, it's not really for that sort of thing. It's like we're doing a members thing and then you guys just have a super fight in the middle. But I, I want to see it. So then the talk was – Let's do another fight night or at least an internal jiu-jitsu comp. There's no reason why we don't do an internal jiu-jitsu comp before the end of the year. So that's what I want to have. It's the internal. I was like, after the games actually, so I, I was motivated to bring just some more energy towards the fight pillar of the gym. To me, that was one of the biggest lessons of that. Because, uh, well, Tim got sick. And I had to take the reins last minute, literally like three days out. Um, and I wasn't and, – and JT was looking after the thing for the, for the, for the grapplers and, but he was going on his flight so he had to move. And anyway, I came to that week and realised there was hardly any fights and I started just hassling everyone two days out. And I was like, why the fuck are you not competing? Like from a striker's point of view, it's touch sparring. It's like it's a touch sparring scenario. It's not like the actual fight night. You know, it's like an education sparring night. So it's touch sparring. I was like, you should be doing this sort of thing. And for the jiu-jitsu guys, they were like, yeah, no. I was like, are you kidding me? This is like a good stepping stone through to actually going to a comp where there's a thousand people there on the day. Anyway, yeah, it it was a good reflection. And I was like, so where's the state of the culture of those elements in the gym? And I actually think that we need to be exposing more people from the floor to that sort of thing or, and maybe you're not doing a great job of explaining the whole context of it because it's like fight, lift, move but I'll just do lift and move um, <laughs> and never have a plan um, to, to try and gain a perspective on the fight thing. Ah. So next year I want JB Games packed with the cards packed. Okay. You know, but yeah, the, and then like an internal comp before that and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a good observation. Yeah, I was really disappointed. What, that that people weren't more, like, keen to get involved? Yeah, and it might not be them. Like, I didn't, you know, it was it was tough because Tim was sick and, and JT was busy. I don't know how it all went down, but I was I was disappointed that there wasn't, like, a whole bunch of people who were just frothing at it. Yeah. Because whether we did a good job or not, like, I want people to be, I want the, that event to have, to for people to see it as an opportunity to test themselves and yeah. be, like, going, hey, coach, can I, is there going to be... Yeah, you know, that that's what it wants to get to by next year. I like that. For the newer listeners, what's the importance of fight <clears> training <throat> in, within the context that we do it here at the gym, like fight, lift, move? 
Oh, it's multi-layer, I suppose. You know, from a, a physical perspective, um, you know, we use it in the gym to condition bodies. Um, but we also use it to kind of express in different ways, in athletic, potentially explosive ways that you wouldn't do in the regular gym side of the gym where you're doing strength training and not all linear conditioning, strength and conditioning, but, but you just don't move the body live as the way that you do in a fight situation, um, especially with that puzzle in front of you that's changing. Um, so there's a lot of rhythm and, and pattern and coordination stuff that you're going to work on inside of both sides of the striking or grappling. Um, so it serves to have people extend their skills and tools. Um, they've built the base inside of our gym, lifting, stretching, conditioning downstairs, and, and this is where you're going to further it into something that's a bit more dynamic, a bit more unpredictable. Um, that might put you in a situation where you need to react and you need you need those tools and those ranges to be able to do that effectively. But then there's the mental part of it for sure. What's that? Um, well, there's a great fear um, with competition in general or interaction on any level of a game that you play, whether it be soccer or fucking table tennis. Fighting is that game that, it has, I think it's, it has attached to it a greater fear because of the consequences of it um, and the immediate feedback consequences that you get straight away. Yeah. You don't lose the game at the end. It's like when you get punched in the face and you didn't see it coming, it's, it's very alarming. It takes people to a, a heightened state. Uh, it's very, very confronting. And, you know, at the gym just represents challenges in general. It's just a big challenge that a lot of people haven't exposed themselves to and with those challenges and learning how to overcome them, yourself developing um in a very internal way i like that I like the way you put that mm. i love it you love that style of training i do and um i haven't done any of it this year like very little consciously just because of my timetable and the kind of year it, it's it's a year that won't have a lot of fighting in it yeah um so yeah i'm currently rethinking my training though this year so i don't know at the moment i'm a bit in a i'm yeah i'm kind of up in the air at the moment with where i'm going i'm looking for a coach actually uh i heard about this you um tell me what happened you were looking at that guy online yeah seemed good what was the, the the deal wasn't what you wanted i actually wasn't looking for a coach actively um but this exchange that I had with this guy on Instagram um, made me then realise, fuck, I, I could really do with a coach and, in fact, I need one and just got into that place where I didn't realise I needed one and now I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm looking. Yeah. Um, what happened was uh, I was... I, first of all, I, I had a goal that came out of nowhere came out of off Instagram and I was into some good foundational phases of training earlier this year. And then this ring routine came out from this Captain Stefano guy from, he's a Movnat guy in Canada and he's just funny dude. Does rings and Movnat training if you don't have heard of it. It's a lot of climbing and nature, natural movement patterns and stuff. Anyway, he did this ring routine. I, I think it's wicked. And I was like, fuck, I'd want to do that. And I kind of 
had a few people going, you should do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set that as a goal. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff inside of that goal that I, I need to break down and work on. And I like doing that. I wrote a program for myself, threw myself in like a cowboy and fucking failed in that, in that second phase. It was like, and I looked back at it and I was like, why would you program it that way? Um, I would what, never. What was failure? Um, well, I couldn't do the fucking work. I couldn't do the the, tr- I, the workouts. I couldn't do. Yeah, I ended up getting sore shoulders. Right. Yeah, which is something that I, I've I've had in the past. Yeah. It was too heavy work with too much skill. I tried to blend it all and go run directly at the target in the shortest way possible. Right. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I started getting sore shoulders and just, you know, hurting, just niggles. And, and it's because I, I hadn't done, I should have done a couple more foundational phases beforehand yep. to condition the joints and the tissues that haven't been in those ranges on rings for some time. Um, it's happened to me before. So anyway, I was like, you idiot. I looked at it and I was like, you're an idiot. Like, why'd you do that? You'd never program that for someone else, you know? Um, at the same time, I realized this. I saw just a calisthenics guy that I, I follow. His name's Dominic Dot Sky Calisthenics. Quite funny from Slovenia. He's a beast, and he's, all these guys he trains as they're beasts. And I think he's funny. Just everything about it. he's got this little shack in Slovenia that he's made into a gym. He's got all these posters of Tupac in there and funny slogans. It's such an alpha bro place, um, and and he's that type of guy. But he has good information, and. Um, that same time that I realised what I'd done, he made some sort of post. I looked at it and it was like the exact thing that I had done. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I've done. Fucking preach, brother. <laughs> I'm a dickhead. Well, like highlighting the mistake. Highlighting, yeah, doing, right. you know, not doing the basics and the foundational stuff and conditioning the tissues. I was like, that's just what I realised not four days ago. Another four days passes, I get a direct message from that account. That's like, hey, we're setting up coaches calls for blah, blah, blah. We're giving them away. And I was like, oh, I know how this all works. And I was like, fucking, I'm going for it. Let's see where this goes. Let's check out their sales funnel and see how it works. Anyway, I was engaged with them, thinking about training with them. And ultimately, I probably won't go with them. Um, just because it was... I don't know how much interaction I'm going to get and you don't get the actual guy that you see on Instagram. It's another coach and the US conversion. It's a bit expensive, but I realised that I need a coach. I was like, ah, oh, I'm actually in this spot here. I like what he does because like what you said about the, the lifting, um, it's simple and his approach is very simple. It's actually just doing, it's, it's doing the basics and following a very specific simple order and I, I really like the appeal of that what he's doing there um so yeah i i need a bit of help with that at the moment does it get to does he get like does their programming get to those high level body weight strength skills or is generally their stuff more basic no it does yeah it okay does. yeah um so you, you go into their internship or whatever you call it get your own personal coach so they have a foundational system but inside of their team they've got handstand specialist coach, ring specialist coach. So whether you end up getting diverted to is, them. Is it like on the website when it's like, meet our team, and then it's like head coach and it's this guy, and then it's like handstand coach, that guy again. <laughs> Calisthenics <laughs> coach, same guy. <laughs> um, I, you know what, I've, I have not gone on the website. Um, 
Nah, fair. I, yeah, it all came through Instagram. I did go on the website a bit, but I didn't look around there. I took the guy's word for it. I'm, I'm not going to end up engaging. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. So depends on what level you're at. They don't work with everyone. That's what they say. I like that. I'm special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like that. I. But the, the simplicity thing uh, appeals to me at this stage of my life with the kind of schedule that I run. Um, and I'm moving towards that. It's kind of in this interim, that's what I'm doing right now. Really simple. Um, and yeah, that's at the point where you were talking about your deadlifts and the wave loading. I wanted to ask you, how do you find programming for yourself? And yeah. It's uh, a really good question. Mm. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't, I'm, I'm typically pretty lazy with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't give my programming the respect it deserves or the same respect that I would give a client. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll often freestyle for ages and, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll keep doing this. This is good. And then I'll do that for a while. And, but it's just it's, it's not as structured as it could be. Yep. And I know that when there's more structure, I get better results. Um, but I have found a sweet spot training with those guys where we train together and we follow the same program because it just i'm the same like i don't i don't have a lot of bandwidth for training right now uh like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to do anything significant with it you know i'm not doing Mm -hmm. any hand balancing or even any real ring stuff it's just strength and a bit of mobility and so in that regard I'm keeping it simple and I have two people that I train with and I show up three mornings at the same time and we do the workout. I really like that. If I was training myself, just me, I would probably be a little bit more critical of the program Mm -hmm. because I'd be like, oh, this could be better. Yes. Oh, I should get a coach. Do you know what I mean? Like I would be thinking back to, oh, when I trained with Emmett or when I did Edo's program, I was... You know, you're just making so much progress. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of sacrificed a little bit of that. This program needs to be really special in exchange for I do it with a couple of people and that helps keep me in the game. Yeah. yeah, Does that make sense? Totally does. That's what I do with Susanna. Yeah. It's exactly, you know, me and Susanna, that's my training partner. Um, Yeah, I program for us. Um, And yeah, I I love it. You know, um, it helps because I could... Yeah, I haven't had any clear goals. Now I do. I'm at that point where I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is something that motivates me to to have a little flourish of progress. Um, yeah, but the funny thing is that I'm looking for the coach and but it's not about... I'm that. fucking right here, bro. It's, <laughs> I'm right here, Jay. Oh, God. <laughs> How about that? You're just staring me down the whole time. I've been there before. Paul's like, I want this body weight guy. And I'm like, got you, bro. I deliver the program. Wave loading, deadlift. Yeah. <laughs> wave loading, front. <laughs> well, you, the f- uh, thanks, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. Copy, but yeah. The thing is that that's probably what I'm going to get. This is the funny thing is I'm, I'm looking for this coach um, and I'm actually looking for simplicity and that I want them to give me the program that I could probably write myself right now like yeah. i'm not i need some foundational stuff i need to work on some strength elements 
not the skill stuff that I don't really know about. I just need someone to jog me along the way yeah. at the moment. So that's why I thought these guys would be quite good. Now I, I reached out to Harry. Harry Williams? Yeah. He's probably overqualified for kind of what I need for the first few phases. Yep. Um, but hell, whatever. Like, it needs to happen. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the irony of it. Yeah. Isn't it? That, yeah, the program... He's going to write for you. Anyone could have, almost anyone could have written it for you. Yes. But it, that's not what it's about. It's the fact that he's writing it for you. You've invested with him. He's going to give me so much wisdom in those simple movements anyway, you know. Yeah, but sure. even if you didn't need the wisdom yes. for the first two phases, yeah. it's not about, like, it's about, okay, now I'm on a process. I put my heart and soul behind it. And it's in someone else's Do hands, um, you know. And, and the worrying a little bit isn't behind his hands because I'm, yeah, so anyway, let's see. He hasn't gone back to me yet. Hooray. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm keen to, to get started actually. Like I'm fucking – every day I'm like, I need to get this started. Let's get this ball rolling. Awesome. Um, so, oh, that's good. Yeah. So you're waiting to hear back from him for like uh, an initial consult or – Yeah, that's what I asked. I said, like, yeah, like you're taking on any students. Do yeah, you right. do consults? And, you know, I think that's what it would work, work out. Yeah. Like and we'll discuss it. Maybe he'll tell me, that's all bullshit, do this. I'm like, okay, that too. Yep. And, you know, I haven't – and going back to you programming for me, do you remember? Because, like, the, the – so I haven't had, a, like, any coaches and I've been reflecting on this. I haven't had any coaches, like, specifically. Like an official coaching yep. relationship? Yes. I've had some lift programs from different people. And accountability into some knowledge, some feedback, someone to talk to while I'm going through strength piece with the, the, the lifting. But I haven't had any since you guys. Because I, I came into this place, I had you and T there. You are my PTs that I could talk to at any time, really. Mm. At different times, um, you guys gave me programming. I remember the first programs that you gave me. And in terms of like all the stuff that we do in the gym and lately I'm like fucking where did I learn all this I learned it all here you engaged in direct training you know with Edo with Emmett I have benefited from all that knowledge here but I haven't had I've had programs that I've written off the back of that or I did the programs in the classes in the early years and I've accumulated knowledge and I can program for myself I've been to workshops, etc., but I haven't had someone on my back since fucking the early days when you gave me the old push and pull shit. I remember mm. I was like struggling to do my four one x one fucking pull ups. I was dying. Yeah, you know, um, back in the old gym. Yep. Um, and I remember just the weighted Cossacks, the weighted Jefferson curls the locomotion stuff and god it was so hard for me back then dude right so hard um in what way well now i can identify well i wasn't conditioned for that stuff because i hadn't done i hadn't moved like that in those formats in those ranges of motion before yeah so it was super hard like those workouts i was maxing out all the time like it was killing my legs I could hardly sit in a resting squat for longer than five seconds. Yeah. 
so crawling it was really hard. Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, they were tough. They were really tough. And those ones were hard because I, I would say I'd never done strength training before. Actually. That I'd never done strength training before. Think of it that way. I played so much sport, did so much conditioning, never done strength training before. I had hardly ever done chin-ups or pull-ups. Like I, I never went through that phase where we'd be all down at the bar park smashing them out and we kind of went through that phase for a few years. Never yeah. did that. So to pull your own body weight up, which we know recruits a lot of muscle mass, it's like quite a high-intensive movement for a beginner. Not to mention trying to lift body weight with a barbell several times. Like I could do it, but I hadn't done low reps fucking pushing weight and stuff like that that was that was tough yeah 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 okay and then the mobility stuff too just like loaded god damn what were you um because i I mean uh, you were a victim of i gave everyone that program back then i was like this is what everyone's doing Mm -hmm. i was thinking 20 working sets loaded uh, per workout you know just so much work you know i'm trying to make some new merch here and i just remembered an idea that we're gonna have like we're thinking of like gym shit to put on the clothing. Slogans. Slogans. And I was just thinking of doing something like 4-1-X-1 every day or something <laughs> like, like just like tempos. <laughs> like, like yeah, whatever. Like like strength, 4-1-X-1. And then like mobility, 3-5-2-1. Something, I don't know. Like something like that. Um, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you could have some fun with it. Yeah, you can have some fun with that. Some like of those hat. mantras that are like part of our thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll hit you up later for a little creative session on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were saying? What, do you remember how many – do you remember what the program was? Like how much – were you doing fuckloads of training per week or was I a bit more moderate in, in the, in the uh, frequency of sessions? Because I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't – you were giving it to me for free. You, you let me manage it. And it was two sessions. Right. And if you can, get them twice a week type of thing. It was something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, I can't even remember, but I, I remember there was Loco, there was Lizards, there was uh, there was Pool, there was fucking Front Squat Deadlift Day. Mm. And I was supersetting them at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Front Squat Deadlift combos are goody. Oof. Five yep. by fives all around. I've got some old videos. Occasionally when I got my new phone, you fucking upload it. You see this thing from years and years ago. It's like in the back lane of the old gym. And I'm like filming my whatever, one RM of the front squad and stuff like that. It's quite funny. That's cool. Yeah, I look like such a rookie setting everything up. Still am. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You're, like, You're not, bro. Right. Well, there's the call out. Fam, <laughs> online coaches, if you're listening and you got something for Paulie, send it through. Get in touch. I think Harry's great from what I've seen of – I've seen Will's training under him. I've, I've him seen out. a little bit of Dill's stuff. Um, looks really good. Looks like a very moderate sort of like <gasps> hardcore stuff but moderate. I just checked. He messaged me back. There he is. Two day and, and a half. Day right. and a half later. Hey, mate. He's taking on news. Yep. Send me your email address. There you go. Oh, gagoosh. Bang. It's happening. You put that, it's manifestation, bro. You put that shit into the universe. That's right. That's right. This podcast is the universe. That's right. <laughs> Just know. It's God listening. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
Oh, good. That's I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, bro. I'll be doing one arm hamstring before you know it. Well, this was <laughs> this was one of my going back to the uh, the ignition of this conversation. This was one of my uh, gripes that I was going to get to talking about the commercial gym environment. Oh, you mean you had a plan for this podcast? I, I had a, just been talking. I had a plan, <laughs> and now that we're past the intro at 38 minutes <laughs> and 59 seconds. Um, it's a loose plan. <clears throat> the Emma Shannon, shout out, shout out, Em. She moved. She went up north. <gasps> I think, yeah. She oh, wow. she took a job, something like that, last oh, minute. Oh yeah. And so, uh, member here of the gym, obviously. Uh, you know, not at the moment, but um, she had a membership to like a health club in uh, Gladesville, where I live. Uh-huh. And she's like, hey, there's a month left on it. Uh, do you want it? And I'd say, yeah, I'd love to. Like, I'll use that on the days I work from home or whatever. Um, I don't live particularly close to the gym. It's like 45 or 40 minutes to an hour away. So did that and I started going there a little bit. And it's, it's so funny. I used to have a membership at this place when it first opened. I remember it opened up. Uh, at the, it, it was part of the redevelopment of Ride Pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so ride pool was just old school outdoor pools. I don't know if you ever went to, we used to have swimming cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. there. But ride pool was also like an Olympic training facility. So it was redone, I guess, prior to the 2000 Olympics. And at the same time, they're like, hey, we're going to put this big health club in, which also has its own indoor pool and sauna and steam room. And so that's t- where it is. Yeah, tennis courts and shit. Sweet. Yeah, it's like it's it's in the building next to the pool. Or they okay. share the building, but it's a separate business. Look at that big car park. Yeah. So I went back there and it's so funny because it's dated a bit, but it's still enormous. And yeah, parts of it have evolved, but it's just like, it's that classic, you go up to the weights room and it's just this huge, there's this huge, it's not the weights, you go up to the gym area, I should say. There's this huge cardio area, massive TV screens. There's uh, like a group training area where they've got this big kind of overhead rig and there's music blaring in there and there's a PT that's running classes. Got to have the overhead rig. Got to have the overhead rig. And then there's uh, AstroTurf and shit. And then there's like stretching area and then studios with body pump and then the weights floor, like all that stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a trip. Like you go in there and I just, it, it, of course, immediately strikes me how foreign these places are to me these days because – this is our gym and I really only train here and sometimes I might visit another small gym but generally it's kind of like this. True. You know, Will's gym or a CrossFit box or whatever. Um, Boutique gyms, they're called. Yeah. So, you know, instantly being in there, like it's very easy to be critical of it, right? And it's not my intention because um, it's great that's what this culture that where our business is part of was born from. Those sorts of gyms were really the precursor to gyms like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just another, another model. And that's where a lot of people have great success. And so that's awesome. You've paid respects and homage. Okay. But, but now. <laughs> so here's where I think you can't say fucked. It's <laughs> time. Um, the, Get the glizzy. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the blicky. Yeah. Blick, blick, blick. <laughs> so the, um, the, the thing that struck me was um, I went in there and there must have been, just in the space of that upstairs area, there must have been 
I don't know, a hundred people. Scattering of people on the weights floor, cardio machines, a PT, kind of in the little PT reception-y booth thing. Mm. Every single person I walk past actively... Oh, shit. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> actively <laughs> avoided eye contact. Every single person. What were you wearing? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I obviously looked different, but I was just a dude walking in the gym. But everyone avoided eye contact. I didn't see anyone talking to anyone. Everyone's training by themselves. Most people wearing earphones. So in their own little world. And that, I mean, that just strikes me as like, this is fucked. Like there's a hundred plus people in this room together and no one is connecting socially. Everyone is pretending that they're the only one there. Like, I'm like, that is extremely strange. You know, you would have more interaction walking into a retail shop. You know, oh, excuse me, can I, can I get by? You know, like, or, oh, mm. shopkeeper or whatever. So it's, you know, we go to places as humans where we congregate. doesn't necessarily mean we all have to become best friends and have warm conversations, but an acknowledgement of, oh, there's a person in my space. Hey, man, you know? Even a safety acknowledgement of looking. I don't have to say shit to you if I don't want, but I can look at you and go, there's another person standing right there. And then, you know what I mean? Fucking earth, I do. I hate it. I, I hate that. Oh, I don't hate it as much as I think it's really sad. Yeah. I, I think it's really sad. Like I'm definitely like you where I, I walk into a place and I generally look to seek out and make a little connection. Yeah. Like the cafe that I went in today. Like on the way in. How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. It's busy this morning. Like I'm, you know, and... Yeah, the gym thing, that's, it weeds me out a lot like that and fortunate to kind of have a, this social thing but in, like in our space and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's strange. And some days I hate it, but over, overall I think it's really sad. It's just a lot. We're doing it all wrong. Yeah. We're doing it so all wrong. It's like there's so much more you could gain out of that time if you're trying to be really efficient with the hour and get it done that's why i'm not talking to people there's a lot more things you can get done in there that you probably need yeah and i Uh, I think the i think what's important which is what i want to circle back around to after i go on my little rant but is that um it it's a really alien environment for anybody Mm. like no like most of what you do like most of the environments you're in your workplace, your family life, whatever, are nowhere, are not at all similar to this big commercial gym thing. So coupled with that... Um, so what'd you do, benchies? Fucking, let's get in this rack and do some benchies. First thing I did was grab the light dumbbells, stand in front of the mirror and do that. You know that one? Where I like, know that James Smith PT liked to make repeated videos about it. Did he? Like elbows, elbows in by the sides, 90 degrees. And external then just, rotation yeah. warm up. Yeah, but back not realizing that the, not realizing that there's no load on the external yeah, rotors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> um, but so I, 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 and I'll admit, walking up, I'm like, well, I'm intimidated by this. I'm the most jacked fucking guy in the room, and I'm intimidated. I'm not the most jacked guy ever in those gyms. But I was like, shit, I'm into, you know, I was it's like, jarring. Yeah, you're like, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable to be honest. Anyway, so I went over to this kind of stretch sort of functional area because they got functional area. And, um, you know, there's a girl doing some TRX rows. That's cool. 
Um, but then there's like, then there's a guy comes over, like older guy. You can tell he's been doing the gym thing for a while. He's got his gloves on. Aggressively jumps on the pull-up bar and just starts banging out like these, these like eighth reps. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Pops back down. <sighs> Look, you know, looking in the mirror, looking, you know, kind of looking around, like see kind of who's, who's witnessing. And I'm like, oh, that's aggressive. <laughs> and then, uh, and then there's another guy over here who's just doing. He grabs his weight, and 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 I and I, I fucking said this. I made a post about it on Instagram this week. People should express themselves however they want. I'm all for it. You do what you do, right? Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I'm a fitness professional, and I'm going to take it a step further and say that I'm a fucking expert when it comes to this shit, right? What'd you do? Well. Everyone goes to the gym for a reason. You go there because you want something out of it, right? I want to yep. be stronger. I want to lose some weight. I want to, you know, feel more energetic, whatever, but something. So the, the agreement that we all have as gym goers is that we're here to fulfill a process that's going to get me a result. Now, it doesn't have to be extremely targeted or or it might just be i like to exercise because you know it makes me feel good in which case fucking great but the thing is watching this dude that's just making shit up he's just you know you're like what the fuck is he doing and i'm like he's obviously been doing that for years because you you can see it in someone's movement patterns Mm. when they have this sit-up variation that they invented that requires two power bands a four kilo dumbbell and a plyo box you're like why like why why the planks why why are you jumping like that why the quarter pull-ups like it's this you know you see people like using uh and i didn't see this there but just to paint the to give an example i was talking to a physio today who said he sees people at, at his fitness first sometimes using a leg press machine for overhead presses right right yeah. So the leg press machine, you lie down and push the big metal plate up. Yes. They lie on it the wrong way up and then they press it. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Or you see people using, you know, the assisted chin-up machine? Yes. With the platform that you yep, put your yep, knees on? Yep. I've seen people using that for like tricep press downs. Okay. And you're like, why? Why are you doing that? There's, there's like multiple, numerous, endless ways that we know how to develop the tricep and build up a body strength you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like this shit's been tested for eons and there's probably someone in here, maybe one of the coaches that can show you that, right? So my gripe as an expert in this field is like, why are people persisting with this fucking bullshit that doesn't actually push the needle in any direction for them? The only, the only box it ticks is I did my workout today but it's that same thing of, I've been training for four years at this gym, but yeah, am I, has, has anything really changed? Nah, you know? I mean, if we had someone in our gym telling us that, you'd be like, that's fucked. Like something is obviously wrong. Either our programming sucks or your application to it, or, you know, like that, or, you know, we're not giving you something you need. Mm. So again, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not hanging shit on the individuals <clears throat> because you, people do what they think they should do. And when you walk into an environment like that and I see fucko over there inventing the sit up again and this guy doing the eighth pull ups, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the fucking eighth pull ups. Oh, that's what, that's how you get big around here. All right. 
That's right. I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk to anyone because people don't talk to each other. I'm not going to talk to anyone. Oh, you know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perpetuate this cycle or this culture uh, where zero gains and no socialization and really very little enjoyment, I would say, I would argue, becomes a very sterile place. I just, um, I just think we can do better. And so I'm like, it's the culture of this place. Like, you know, and whatever, it's a big commercial gym. It's not going to have the same level of service we have in a small gym. That's fine. It doesn't have to. But fuck me, man. Like, why, why in 2022 are we still doing inventing exercises and pretending there's no one standing next to me? And You know what I mean? Yeah, the situation, fuck, it really, is it irks me? It's hard because... You're, you're right to feel that way. And now that I am a fitness professional, some years later, after following in your footsteps, I harbour those feelings too now. I've taught you well. Uh, and it was highlighted when we went into COVID lockdown and I was exposed to what was out there at the parks. Mm. Um, and yeah, it made me think, yeah, fucking how did we, how did this happen? I mean, that, the parks is one thing, but going into one of those facilities that feels like you walk inside and it's like a like a like a car factory manufacturing shed where there's just so much metal work in there fucking tons hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and no one talking to each other plus the worst playlist in the world oh horrible um copyright free it's just a shitty environment to get healthy in um yeah like you go in there and it's even it's even more pronounced to me that we're doing it all wrong. It's like, how do we get here? It's hard because you, you say, yeah, you can't blame the individual because people are uneducated, people are lost, and the greater frameworks have made it what it is. They're born into this culture now. You know, someone decided to make money out of... Well, we, we've had teachers forever. We get taught things along the way. Someone makes a practice out of movement and then... Some gym culture turns up and someone makes blow up into this globo scene where you can make a lot of money and or somehow it gets lost along the way. But you gotta you gotta also put some onus on the actual individual as well. People should know better too. But it makes me think, yeah, we could be doing so much better. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, I guess there is always um some of the blame does fall on the shoulders of the individual who partake. But, you know, these gyms do, like, if you look at how they work, they're cheap and they sell this, like the gym sells this idea that you can show up here without any experience and we'll sign you up and you get a towel and you get a backpack and we'll show you where the bathrooms are on the gym floor and off you go, you know? And it sells you this idea that you will figure it out here. The machines have little diagrams that show you how to use them hey, 20 minutes of cardio, 15 minutes of resistance training, some stretching. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's kind of, um, like on paper, it's nice. It would be great if people could figure it out, you know? Mm. But reality is they can't. Like, why should they know what to do? We're all specialists in whatever field. Unless you've got some kind of prior training, like you've been through some kind of training process, you're not going to know what to do. So that was, that was that piece. Second layer, second thing, and I could go on, but I won't go too far. But the second thing that got me was 
So I'm in this gym. It's got every piece of equipment available except for like most of the shit that I'm looking for. But I'm looking for a resistance band because I got to do some shoulder rehab work. So I was like, I need a band. And uh, I looked all around and I didn't find anything. So I asked the PT guy. There was a PT dude on, on duty. And I'd watched the dude deliver a group class when I was doing a bit of stretching prior. Highly impressive. What was the style of group class? All right, let me paint the picture for you. It was intervals. Fine, great. Works well for a group in a small space. Um, There was probably 12 to 15 people in the class. Uh, This People on this side of the little area were doing kettlebell swings. People on this side were doing single leg squats hanging off a TRX, so like the assisted kind of pistol. And then people on this side were doing a dead ball slam. Classic. Dead ball up and down, but there was this one old guy that was going rogue with his dead ball. It was great. And he was just picking it up and like flinging it over his shoulder and pick up, fling it over the And he was just like, he had fully broken off and was like around the cardio machines. Just like, not Loose. even a heavy ball. Yeah, it was, it was great. I was watching, I was like, you fucking go, old man. Like, you're not doing his thing. But um, I, I'm watching, I'm watching this, this class and I'm watching, and again, no, now I can, now, you know, this fucking coach is standing there, arms crossed, having a conversation with one girl who's doing kettlebell swings. And while that's happening, I'm watching like these two guys standing next to her who are performing really, really horrendous looking kettlebell swings. There's no hip action. It's all rounded back and it's all pulling the kettlebell up with the arms. God. And he's just there talking to this girl and it's just, and the intervals are just ticking over. He's got his back to all the people that are doing the quarter squats and, you know, like irresponsible, right? Like could, could be a technique that you haven't heard of, bro. That's true. It could Dynamic be Jefferson swing. That's good call. <laughs> the latest CrossFit shit. Um, but so that's going down. And um, but this is what fucked me up just on, to answer your question. I'm like, oh, these kettlebell swings are bad. And then, you know, I, I stop looking for a bit. I'm, you know, whatever, doing my stretches. And then I look back up and I'm like, fuck, those guys are still swinging those kettlebells. And those, that woman's still doing the squats. I'm like, what's going on? And so I pay attention to their interval format. They're doing like 50 seconds on, 20 seconds off. There's no rotation though. I watch these guys do four sets of kettlebell swings back to back. So they're swinging a kettlebell. For 50 seconds. For, yeah, for like, uh, you know, five minutes or four minutes with a short break every minute. And it's just, and I'm like, what the fuck? Who programmed that? You know, at least it's like, oh, that's a dog shit kettlebell swing, but oh, onto the squat, I'll fix you up on the next set. You know, but it was just like four sets of disc herniation um, for these fine gentlemen. You know, so that got me. But anyway, I'm chatting, to that, I'm chatting to that coach. I'm like, bro, I'm looking for a resistance band. Is there one here? And uh, he's like, oh, no, sorry, man. Um, too many members were stealing them. So uh, we, didn't, we don't have them anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, people just took them. People kept taking them. So uh, best thing to do is to bring your own from home. And I was like, hey, no worries, thanks. And I thought, how fucking depressing is that? That in this place, the people that come here care so little for it that they're stealing the, you know, mm. the, the expendable pieces of equipment. Mm. I'm sure we might have had one band stolen from here once. 
But I was like, wow, it just it speaks to a fundamental difference in culture. There's no respect for the place. No. It's it's so far from Keishi's temple of self development, you know? Whose? Uh is it Kashi? Oh Strength yeah. Temple. Yep, yep. Like and you know, we're Yeah, a place of reverence. It's a reverence. You're there to self develop yourself and everyone's coming there to show vulnerability and they're bringing a roof over so people can collectively get better at better themselves but there's there's so far from that sort of respect for the place that you would that you would like not steal their shit yeah i mean i i fucking completely wouldn't put it past so many people to steal that i know to steal shit from from the place but yeah the, the place has there's no reverence there's no respect for that relationship i suppose at all yeah, it was just, I was like, oh, that's depressing. And then, you know, and then I had um, just uh, unsavory exchange, like. From uh, then. It was yeah, and I was just like, man, down, I was yeah. like, I can, I'll keep coming back here and use this month and I'll make the best of it. But. Um, no you, rehab though. Your poor Joey's shoulder didn't get the little prehab. No, it didn't. Um, so I'm just going to dominate that squat rack for the next hour then. <laughs> Fuck y'all. But yeah, so interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, I generally find it novel when I go, though. The times that I go, like, it's, you know, for us, it's kind of funny. But 100%, until I see that guy or those guys come in or that person coming in and doing something really poor or just not knowing or just not talking, like, it's awkward. I'm not used to seeing that sort of stuff because I just, you know, I don't fucking... Thankfully, hang around in places like that. I'm lucky enough to have communities kind of wherever I go. Um, but yeah, until that moment when I see that person doing something or a little bit lost in there, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a, it's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm. It's unfortunate because that will be the only experience a lot of people have with strength and with movement, and they will think that's the only way that it's learned or administered. You know, in this place, um, and it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Like you said in your presentation at the coaches intensive earlier this year. What did I say? Well, you, you, you started your presentation talking about the tragedy of a young coach who fails in the fitness industry. And it you, is. you paralleled that with a story about young um, aspiring film technicians. <laughs> That's right. It was yeah, great. It was an amazing, uh, amazing little story that you framed your presentation against. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was no, awesome. I remember now. Um, I was just remembering, I think Socrates said something like that too. About you know tragedy that someone doesn't express their physicality. Can't yeah, that. I'm not great at remembering. Yeah, pretty much like that. Pretty much every fucking gym these days uses that one. At the yes, but yeah, it's a great it, one. Yeah, it, it is true. Yeah, you know, I went back um, lately. Ido was on um, Huberman. Huberman. I heard. Did you hear it? Uh, no, I I spoke to a couple of people about it. Um, I I'm. He said some shit about. Uh, uh, I heard it was, I don't know, not that enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, I love listening to him speak. It, it wasn't the best one. But from that, I ended up just going back and, you know, watching some of his other stuff. And um, fuck, now I forgot the point I was going to make about Ido. Here's what Socrates said. No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. There you go. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength oh. of which his body is capable. It's the beauty and strength that everyone has that they're not going to see it 
feel it. Feel strong, feel confident, feel capable. And then they, in translating that, that these days it would be man or woman. It'd be a shame for a person to grow old without seeing that beauty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just on the Edo, yeah, the podcast wasn't amazing. Um, but I, I, I still love listening to him talk. You know, he's still... He's a, he's a great amazing. mind. Yeah, such a great mind and always gets me thinking and questioning... Especially this week, I was talking about my training and stuff. It fucking just made me think um, about, you know, the why and the how and the direction and the intention and stuff. It was all really good. But, you know, he always says some fucking mad shit about the state of things. You know, he always makes a good analogy of it. He's just always so colourful with his words. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he does have an amazing knack. I feel like it's something that, that often people who speak English as a second language will do very well is they will articulate their English in a way that's much more novel mm. because they will use words that we... Because we just fall back on kind of patterns. Yes. And they are not necessarily as adhered to those. Yes. And they have different... They translate things differently. And so, you know, the way that something can come out, and particularly him where he is a, a very innovative and a very thoughtful guy. Yes. The shit is like, you're like, oh, what a way to put that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As... Huberman put it, yeah, he's an intellect in, in movement because he thinks of it deeply and can articulate it as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, he's, he, he does give a, a really good perspective, especially in this kind of conversation that we're at. Um, sometimes he's, you know, he loves to just, like, be critical and he, well, the way that he takes a jab at something is in one of those little analogies and it's like, boom, just pierced it. <laughs> yeah. Just pierced it and we'll just leave it. Like he doesn't have to explain it, you know? <laughs> um, you know, he said something like, um, you know, the more equipment, the more equipment that you need for your, for your training, it's like the worse your practice is. <laughs> the more lo-fi it is, the more, so yeah, the, the worse yeah, your practice is, the more lo-fi the stuff that you need is the more hi-fi you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it made me think because the, the guys on the machines and all the machines, it's like, fuck. It's just because you have no idea how to move your body. Yeah. You have no idea. Of it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. And it's the, you know, he speaks about the students and, you know, he's always speaking about students and how to be a good student. Um, I think you took a lot away from that at that time. Definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He pushes that that line a lot. You know, and just makes me think of um, that person going into the gym, and people in general probably aren't. You know, they're not like the why. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you pressing down that that piece of equipment that's supposed to be for chin ups? It's like, or why do you not see that you haven't made any progress in four years, and you're just doing the thing? I, something about that. It's like the state of the state of people or fact that they're so distracted and in the city at least you know we just live in in these little time blocks you know and i think a lot of people don't know how to be how to look inside or to stop and look at the glasses that you're looking through rather than just looking through them all the time like we're not great at doing that a lot of people aren't you know what i mean so individuals they have fucking some responsibility but the fucking structures that we're living in make it really hard for people to, to, to see that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, there's a lot of things conspiring to make that very challenging for folks. That's right. Yeah, that's right. 
that bringing us i mean you know i think that a gym like this is fucking great obviously i'm biased you dream that one day that model breaks down the dominant model and somehow there's the status and the value of places like this rise up to a point where that is the dominant model Mm. maybe i mean i haven't really dreamed too much about it but what does that even look like is that a possibility or is that a never going to happen it's a market forces yeah it's a it's a it's a good question i guess it's a like can the premium offering become the prevailing offering it, yeah, I feel like I don't know. I f- you feel like the cheap the cheap one's always going to be the front runner because it's cheap, you know. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I think of the government and the way that our we're very medicalized and the way that we support health in this country isn't from the front from you know from young age. Yeah, fuck, it's too complicated, isn't it? Yeah, it's too complicated. Like the answer we know is have a better paradigm that you exist in when it comes to health and raising a family and being physical from a young age onwards so that you don't have so many health problems later down the track. Yeah. Yeah, be like yeah, like be ahead of it, be proactive. Be proactive. Yeah. Um and and, and I only mention that cuz if the government realized how much money they could save by being a healthy culturally healthier um then maybe they would support places like this taking over you i know, see what you're you saying i'm yeah, kind yeah. of connecting the dots I'm not probably yeah not almost as well. a community service of sorts that's right it's like okay well you know because as soon as they see the benefit for money or for the state they'll just channel the funds very very simply put it's like oh <laughs> we're going to put the effort into into here but it's like what would that look like in year, decades to come yeah, Some, it'd take a big shift swing in thinking, but there's a lot of fucking science that you can't argue with these days, isn't there? What to support that case? I think so. I mean, maybe we just read, listen to too much stuff on the benefits of sleep and exercise. I mean, it just comes up all the time. Any mental health study, they have all of these points that come out of it and they're like and if you exercise it's all gonna don't you love it when like your auntie or your mother-in-law is like hey did you you see this article fuck apparently exercising is really good for people who stuff for mental health problems i know yeah (laughs) hey you guys are actually doing a really good thing at the gym did you know (laughs) no we just want to get everyone jacked turns out i just think of the batman and robert Robin memes like <laughs> the big slap, the big slap. Fuck. Anyway, I think that's a bright note for us to for to end it on. What was that podcast all about, bro? There was two parts to that. We talked about programming for yourself, and then we talked about Joey's rant about the commercial gym, just as planned. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that chat though. Yeah, yeah it was a good it was, one. Yeah, yeah, it was a few different things. In well, there. I got another few weeks of training at this joint, and so uh, I'll bring more talking points for us. What about so a bit of vlog, bro? Stay, of- <laughs> oh, stay tuned for Joey's nah. adventures. Now nah, that's slack. Can't be the in there. You could do a vlog, but you don't want to do those little sneaky. Look how bad this guy's form is. There's <laughs> enough of that on the internet as there is, shit. isn't there? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can find some shit to talk about. Yeah, you might make a friend there, man. I mean, look, I I told you when I first signed up at that gym. 
Years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. Years ago. When I've it was, trained with you there. Do you you trained me there. No. I, you don't remember? At Next Generation. Fuck, I wasn't going to oh. say the name. <laughs> oh. That's all right. Yeah, true. I just They're coming after us. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy, but fuck them. Um, but I told you when I... No, I don't remember. I was trained together there. No, didn't we train at the other gym that was at the back of Gladesville? That was out near the indoor cricket courts and oh, stuff? Oh, the industrial area. That was probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I trained, there was no one there. It was brand new. There was one guy in the weights room. I was a skinny little white kid. I think I was 17. Mm. This is a massive Tongan guy named Peter. <laughs> and uh, he was, he, he was, and Peter was a, uh, he was a bouncer from Coogee Bay Hotel. Perfect. He was fucking huge. Huge. His, his forearms <laughs> were the size of my quads. Now, <laughs> now, yeah, not then, and um, the size of your thorax. He was, like and uh, I can't. I think he might have asked me for a spot or something, and I'm like, and I can't. I couldn't even like fuck with the spot, but you know, he said it was helpful, and then he's like, "Hey, we should train together." <laughs> and I was like, "You want to train with me?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah." And I was like, "Okay." So we'd meet there like a couple times a week and, and train together. Oh, how good! Yeah, I haven't seen him for a long time. I had to take a bit of time because I remember he got stabbed on the job. Ouch. Someone slashed him in the arm or something. I hate to think of what he did to them after that. Fuck. But uh, yeah, classic. Oh, that's hilarious. Hopefully I'll run into him at some point there. Yeah, he's still going there. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, bro. Cheers, guys. We'll catch you next week.